Did your favorite NFL team win the Super Bowl? No? Then the NFL Draft is your Super Bowl. I'm Danny Heifetz, and from now until the draft, we are turning our fantasy football show feed into the Ringer NFL Draft Show. Every Tuesday and Thursday, we talk about the top players and most important storylines for the NFL Draft. So join us on the Ringer NFL Draft Show. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. With over 122 million parts, from superchargers and brakes to exhaust kits and beyond, eBay Motors levels your baby up to its peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Cold open question of the week, Kaz. What's up, Shoes? John Morrison, hot off the heels of his in-ring victory, uh, said something to the effect of he hates WWE, but if they called, he'd go back. Does that adequately describe the feelings of most WWE fans out there? <laughs> that might adequately, adequately describe the feelings of most WWE wrestlers. Like, <laughs> too, you know I mean? It's like, it's a living. You know what I mean? Like, um, yeah, of course. I mean, there's definitely, as a, as, a, as a performer, as a creative, there's definitely reasons to hate it. And I think that's what John Morrison was sort of referring to. But mm-hmm. I mean, come on, where else, where else well, are you going to get love, paid the most passion, to do that? It's his passion. It's all he wants to do. And then it doesn't live yeah. up to his dreams. But, yeah, happens, you know, man. you go to sleep. The dreams come back. Yeah, I feel pretty good. Yeah, you, always, yeah. you always are holding out hope that the dream will be fulfilled. And every listener's dream of this podcast is about to be fulfilled. Because it's not just you and me. We got Phil on, too. And Brian's, uh, Brian's in the booth. Got Let's it. start the show. What's going on, jabronis? It's Pitch Mr. Perfect, Skylar Aston. Hey, this is Bruce Pritchard. This is Roast Battle Season 1 champion, Mike Lawrence. Husky, Steve Kazee. This is Trey Kirby. This is your girl, WWE superstar, the legit boss, Sasha Banks. Hi, this is Lillian Garcia. My name's Kevin Owens. I have Shinsuke Nakamura. I'm AJ Styles, the phenomenal one, if you will, and you're listening to the And you're listening you're to You're listening to You're listening to And you're listening You're listening to You are listening to The Masked Man Show. The Masked Man Show. The Masked Man Show. The Masked Man Show. Welcome to The Masked Man Show with Kaz. How you doing, buddy? Shoes. Oh, wait. wait. Uh, I, I, I'm going to clear out. You get 30 seconds to talk about the Knicks. <laughs> Let's fucking go. Okay, Jalen Brunson, best point guard in the league. Let's talk about it. Massive Square Garden, greatest city in the world. Best place to watch basketball. Shout out to everybody. I shout out Pete Davidson, Ben Stiller, my guy, uh, 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 Mr. Pitch Perfect, Skylar Aston. You know what I mean? RJ Barrett was good. Josh Hart was good. All right, that's it. All right, I got it on my system. We're good. We're good. We can talk the rest of that. <laughs> Had to get that out, man. Had yeah. to get that out, yo. Man, it was. Was it worth it if you get swept in the next round? 
one, first of all, why would you say such things, too? And, uh, <laughs> and two, I'm a Mavs fan. All I can do right now is hate. Hate. If I'm being, if I'm not, if I'm not hating, I'm just being passive aggressively. Honestly, him. David, I, I need to thank you. I need to thank the Dallas Mavericks. Like you, kind of like helped build <laughs> this Knicks team. I mean, like you took Porzingis off our hands, which mm-hmm. made us let us get Julius Randle. You know what I mean? You let you, you took Frank Nilakina from us, which is fantastic. Please take take that away as well. You let us get Jalen Brunson for the cheap. You know, I mean, we almost got your draft pick. We got a several draft picks that got us quickly, got us uh, uh, Quentin Grimes. Like, you, you, you basically helped build this Knicks team. Yeah. So if there's anybody to thank, I got to right, say so thank you. This victory is at least 20% yours, Dave. You should be like, at least. Yeah, okay, yeah. I can take ownership of that. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. Shout out shout out a uh, a uh, uh, listener of the show, uh Joe Rapulo. He is a producer for uh, ABC News and he took my video uh from uh from the, the the impromptu parade that happened outside the garden after the win yesterday. And uh after he was putting on the show, he was like, Yo, I'm a huge fan of the Mass Man show, I listen to you guys wow. every week. So I had to make sure that I shouted him out uh as as we do that. So appreciate you, brother. Thank you, man. I just got nothing. I appreciate yeah, it listening. I, I, had to, I had to get all my Knicks, my Knicks, my Knicks high out, out of me right now, but I'm good to go now. Let's talk some graps. All get right. It. All right. We got a lot to talk about today. We got Phil on this week. Uh, well, we always love having Phil, but he had a big article about CM Punk and his, and his impending return and our, the many impending returns of CM Punk. Um, I want to talk about that. Explain and explain and explain. That's what I'm well, going to be doing. But Phil be, is a, Phil is I'm a, probably got at least three more ex- explanations to see a bug in me. Because uh, we got to have one when he comes back and then when he inevitably blows up again and you know, fucks the pooch in six <laughs> months, three months, I can explain again. And, you know... Uh, this is good. This is helping me pay daycare, CM Punk. Thank you for continuing <laughs> to be to need explanation. Um, well, we've been talking about CM Punk nonstop on this show, and I just thought it was, I think it was during Friday's show that I was just like, we're just talking about this. Like, this is all that we care about, and then when he comes back, we're not going to want to talk about it anymore, at least not to the same degree. Before we get to Punk, we had a little uh, Ringer Wrestling show draft last week. Ooh. Um, we haven't even made plans for how we're going to talk about it this week, so I'm just going off the cuff here. I I don't want to I don't want to step on either of the other two shows. Brian and the guys at Wednesday Worldwide had a uh, frankly very unimpressive <laughs> draft. I'm just kidding. I gotta say they did they did they did screw the pooch pretty hard. We did wow. kind of kill them and the uh, a bit. and and the and, and cheap Pete had cheap Pete, uh, you know whatever you can only get so excited uh, about those guys yeah. you know. But I mean, I, you know, what are they doing over there? We, so, so I'll just I'll just say this: we didn't have the first pick, and so we weren't in the position of taking the tribal chief Roman Reigns. We weren't in the conundrum. Wait, do we we didn't even have the, do we even have the second pick? Yeah. I don't even remember. Yeah, we mm-hmm. did. We had I the think second. We had pick. the second pick. Yes, yes. But I with so I don't want to step on any toes. I just want to run down our our top ten, the ten players, the ten wrestlers that we drafted, and get. Phil's perspective I, I, on how I we was did. about to say this. Phil, no, <laughs> like, all right, Phil, give us, no, tell I us what no, you watch this I, show, Phil. I have no, I have no idea. I'll be honest with you <laughs> guys. Right, perfect. No, no clue. Uh, it's been pl- NBA playoffs. That's what my podcast listing has been focused on. <laughs> to be honest with you, all right, uh, you know. So you, I need, I need, a, I need a, a Chad Ford NBA insider sort of report card grade. I got gotcha. that's a deep grade. cut. Let me hear it. All right, here we go. I'll, I'll, I'll run it down. Um, I'll do it in order. So there's no confusion here. Bianca Belair, Cody Rhodes, Kevin Owens, Becky Lynch, Carmelo Hayes, LA Knight, 
Jay Uso, Austin Theory, Drew McIntyre, and Ricochet. Mm. That's pretty good. That's a show. That's a show. That is a show. It's a couple of initial thoughts. It's yeah. tough to have one of the Usos. It is tough because to have one of the like, Usos. We, oh, there, 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 so there was a rule. There was a, but you know, if you if you were to have one, would you say we had the better? <laughs> yeah, sure. I think they're there both. Great. It was, but yeah, do we, have the, do we have the Marcus Morris uh, instead of Marquise? <laughs> <Yes. laughs> we 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 end up talking about this way more like in ironic NBA draft mode offline than we actually probably ever will online. But there was a lot of yeah. conversation of who you can pick up in free agency, like who like the undrafted free agents, and it's like, well, if you get Jay, then you're then no one's going to take Jimmy. Right, you got you go. like then you can grab Jimmy on the open market, but just did, on his own, Jay had a main event. Did nobody, magic. did nobody draft Jimmy? Nope. No. Well, Roman, Roman obviously went it. first, and then and and I think Solo went before yep. Jay. Um. Okay. So, but I because well, he had. Well, the, then why didn't you grab Jimmy with the 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 eighth with that L.A. Knight pick? Who's well, we L.A. Had, we Knight? Had, we, First of all, there's yeah. a lot of pro LA Knight. There's a lot of LA say, Knight we're, excitement. We're not going to besmirch the name, the name of, of LA Knight right now. That's what we're not going to do. I still have high belief in, in LA Knight, but I think if I remember correctly, around the time uh, uh, J- Jimmy was available, I think it was, I think that's when we got, we like stole Drew McIntyre mm-hmm. in like a late round. Yeah. Because I think he kind of like slipped through the cracks. He was like, yeah, that's a solid pickup. Let's take that over. I mean, love Jimmy. But, you know, uh, it's him or Drew McIntyre. There, so, yeah, so, we, so we said uh, no tag I would, team. I, w- I would have taken Jimmy over Drew McIntyre. I think the Usos really? as an act. I think the Usos as an act are more valuable than Drew McIntyre. Yeah, that's probably true. Ooh, okay. That's tough. Okay, I can see that. I can see that. Well, but I think I, we, we decided no tag teams as a single unit. Mo- I mean, largely because the current tag team champs made that a very easy decision, right? I mean, you can't, I mean, if, if you can draft... Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn as a unit, then that's the number one pick, and that sort of blows the whole thing up. Um, no, you'd still pick Roman first over Jimmy. Over over, I mean, Roman's ahead of if even if you could draft Owens and Zayn as a well, pay, that would be the closest thing I think Roman. to it. That which they would be up there with Bianca and and Roman Reigns is like potential number ones. Seth Rollins, okay. if you are, if you if you want to put him in the conversation, but just the value of having two main eventers instead of one is you know it's significant. Um, okay. We got, you know, we got Cody Rhodes. He was, you know, we so we got our our, our big star, our merch mover. Um, you know, at the end, obviously, Ricochet. Kaz was really pushing for Ricochet. I, I'm a, I'm a huge fan. I, I mean, totally, totally signed on, signed off on that one. But you know, that's where weirdly at the end is where it gets tough. Where you're just like, well, we're only picking ten, and there's probably like ten more people I would eagerly have in the last two slots. Um, but we, but you know, L- it's it, LA Knight feels a little like the Johnny Davis of this, uh, of this draft. Oh, you know, it's like, oh, stop. <laughs> where it's I like, mean, oh, okay, that, guy's, that guy's a top 10 pick. Okay. What can he get on the I court? I would, you know what? I would, I would, I would, I would, I would, Will Levis with you, right? Okay. Like, he's a little bit older. You know what I mean? He's like 25, <laughs> like just, or Stetson Bennett. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, okay. in the right situation. There's you know a, I mean? it'll be good. There's a lot of love for LA Knight here on the Mass Man Show, but also, like, there's a lot of love for LA Knight on the Ringer Wrestling Show Network. And that was a little I, bit I, of gamesmanship. I, he was going to go. If we had this, if this had been an endless draft, we would have regretted not taking him there. Um, so, so, so that's my first. I th- I th- at the top, I mean, Bianca, I think is a is she is the obvious. If it's not Roman, it's her, obvious right? Number I think two, yeah. obvious number two. And I think that you got the fact that you got Becky Lynch as well means that you've got a 
a program. You've got a top women's program. And like I said, if you've got theoretically other women on the board who weren't picked that you can bring in, right? There's a lot of a pretty sure. deep uh d- well I mean listen that was my we, underneath that across right? the like, board I'm assuming uh like did did Bailey get picked by somebody? Bailey, Bailey got picked, but it was but the but the women's division was a little bit of a it was sort of interesting to watch because for one thing, none of us knew what to do with people like Charlotte Flair and Ronda Rousey, who were like sort of part timers, maybe gone, like whatever. Charlotte did get drafted. I don't <coughs> think Rousey got drafted, but um, but you know, my my look at the at the draft is kind of after as soon as Becky went off the board. I think did Bailey go before Becky? But as soon as Bailey and Becky both went off the board, to me, it was like if we're going to draft, it's going to be from NXT. And then you sort of got the vibe that like nobody was going to be drafting. There weren't going to be a lot of call ups from NXT in this draft. But it's true. You could do. You could easily build a women's division around Bianca Belair, Becky Lynch, and the NXT women's division without any difficulty at all, right? Yeah. So, or I mean, like, or like Shayna Baszler, and sure, you know, like a, sort of your 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 undercard ish. You know, I, I bet Oscar. I'm assuming did not get drafted. Oscar did. You could, Oscar got drafted, right? Because we wanted Oscar. We took. Yeah, Oscar, we wanted Oscar. Yeah, world, yeah, worldwide got Oscar. So yeah, she she okay. was 100 percent there. Um, uh, you know, there and and then and then you know the age and sort of longevity of some of these folks too. I mean, it's like we're we're staring at the ninth pick, and I think Sheamus and Drew were both on the board. And in my mind, it was just like, well, one of them has talked about in earnest about retirement. You know, <laughs> this is it's a fake. It is a fantasy draft. It's ridiculous, but you know, you could get another decade out of Drew McIntyre. So, um, it's uh, did did Lo- somebody draft Logan Paul? Yes, yeah, uh, Logan Paul. I think Logan Paul and Dom Mysterio mm-hmm. got picked back to back and by someone in a because we did a snake draft. So okay, there was a gotcha. lot of there was a lot of uh yeah, a lot of dollar signs after that one <laughs> or money bags. I don't remember which emoji was used. Um okay. it is really weird to think about. We're gonna do an AEW draft next, and I haven't figured out how we're gonna do it because it doesn't it doesn't because the what makes the AEW brand split, if that's what we're gonna call it, so interesting is that there's only two sides and there's and it's about, you know. We know who the top draft picks on both sides are, um, so we're gonna have to figure out something yeah, to, to and, make and that. It's all about like, well, I can't draw. I've got uh, a, a buck, so I can't draft a buck. <laughs> exactly. I mean, the whole, the whole purpose of if they end up doing this draft is just keep them apart from each other. Yeah, which, I, I think we might have to split up into two teams and start from the point of view we'll flip a coin one of us gets cm punk and ftr and the other uh, the other one gets the elite and then we draft from there or something because that's okay. you know otherwise we're just trying to work around things that are a given and we'll, we'll figure that out in the future i'm pretty happy with our draft though it was it, it was exciting i think we killed it i think yeah. that's i will a say show that anybody would watch phil phil i just want to say this just so you know you get even more buy-in I had I just had a back of the napkin list of people after the first couple of picks. I was like, I just want to make sure all the names of people I might potentially want are in the conversation. I texted him these guys. Charlie Dempsey was shockingly high on the list. All right, he was yes, <laughs> my God. One of the few guys. I, if we, if this if this had gone to twenty, I would have insisted we take him at some point. Did um, you see you gotta, that 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 inverted cradle that he did against yes. Wesley in their match? That was yes. sick, unbelievable. I mean, nobody. Yeah, he's, I don't know where. I if we're drafting for potentially being a WWE superstar, I don't really know where what what, what Charlie Dempsey's ceiling is. If you're drafting for guy, I want to watch every match of. He's very very high on the list. 
Yeah, well, that's it's it's very strange, man. I mean, it's this it's it's it was fun to do. It was fun to like you know get on the chat with all the guys and 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 make fun of each other and everything else. But it but you end up thinking way more deeply about this stuff than than you normally would otherwise, right? Just yeah. in terms of matchups and 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 star potential and all that kind of stuff. Um, yes. So that's uh, my, my initial thought is a mis- I think it's, it was a mistake. Not to get both Usos, otherwise I pretty I, I like the the pick. Yeah, if we had to get one Uso, I'm gonna go with the one that had a main event match that really was like four and a half stars. But uh, but I yeah, but he, I, I I agree with you. But the Usos can main event a show. I mean, they are one they of those well, they, they main event they house shows. All they're main eventers. Yeah, they main evented WrestleMania. They're, 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 I mean, I think is that six man tag the main event of Backlash, or is there something else that's main eventing? Is the Bad so, Bunny Cody might be. Cody Brock or Bunny and uh Bunny and Ray and uh against what was it Damian mm-hmm. Priest and Dom it looks like or Finn and Dom? I would think Priest and Dom. I don't know. It might be a three man. They might throw uh what's his face in there? Uh, uh LWO. How many matches does Damian Priest have to get to not work if he doesn't work that <laughs> match? I mean, shouldn't he be working that for sure? I mean, he should be. I mean, he's the one who put Bunny through the table, so I would assume. Yeah, you know, Bunny's got to get his. He's got to get his comeuppance. I'm sure. I'm sure we'll we'll know tonight. I think Bad Bunny's on Raw tonight, and we should have an. You know, it's just I, so I weird. That the will... priest priest was like a. I mean, he was the U.S. champ. He was like he seemed like a made man, and and, and Judgment Day seemed like a great fit for him. I mean, he's and it, and it is a great fit for him, but he's become just like. We joked. We talked about Rhea Ripley being the heater of the group. I mean, Damian Priest just stands outside during their big matches, or doesn't even come to the right. ring, like in WrestleMania. It's very strange. Um, well, Damian isn't Damian Priest also like fifty-seven years old? He's, so he's older. Than the- stop! Stop! <laughs> Be nice. Be nice. He's not fifty-seven I mean, years old. Okay, he's a very reasonably aged man. He's just. Okay. I think I think he's in a good spot. I think if you put a, a multi-platinum uh, pop star through a table. That's a pretty good spot to be in, you know what I mean? Like, I'm assuming that's, Phil, that's eventually got to build to something else. Phil, as our expert on all things wrestling outside of the mainstream, where were you on Punishment Martinez? I was, I, he was fine. I, you know, that, that era, I thought he was okay. I thought um, that particular archetype of guy that's pretty tall and does high spots a little slower than people who are shorter than him is not my favorite type of wrestler. I thought he was a pretty decent version of that. But like, you know, him or, uh, or uh, like, you know, even the the Keith Lee before Keith Lee got a bad back, where it was just like, mm-hmm. oh, Dijak. this is a really impressive. Dijak. I, I'm not a huge, a giant fan of those dudes. Like, I, I just call it's kind of like, you know, if you're big, be big. And I think he's better at being big as um, uh, Damian Priest than he was at being big as Punishment Martinez. Yeah. Whereas a, a little like, you know, all right, yes, I, you're, I got it. That is a tope. There's a, a little guy who does that really fast. Yeah, And you true. did it like 65% of the speed. So um, that was always well, my I, kind of thought about him. I hope he gets his chance to shine at Backlash because he deserves it. And they've done a pretty good job of positioning all the people in Judgment Day, sort of one after another. I, I'm guessing he's the next he's the next guy up, next person up in that crew. Um, is there any more news from the weekend? Oh, well, we we record on Friday. Nothing really spectacular happened at SmackDown, but I did. I feel like our CM Punk conversation is going to be um, a little bit esoteric. Uh, why we care so much about CM Punk? Um, so there's one note I had about SmackDown that I think. 
I don't want to make this like a big negative thing, but I do. I am interested in the esoteric side of it. There was a lot of piped in crowd noise at SmackDown. We don't usually talk about this on the show, but it was like my entire feed was talking about the crowd noise and I noticed it. That's why I checked the feed. Um, normally, I don't, you know, I don't even always have the volume up when I'm watching wrestling at my house. I got kids. I got other stuff going on. But I don't get the outrage about the crowd noise. Now, it's easy for me to say everything we're watching is staged. Why do we care about that? But the crowd response is like like actual crowd response is sort of an intrinsic part of the show. Right. I mean, you're like I always say, you're not a heel unless you're getting booed. Right. You're not a baby face unless you're getting cheered. Uh, a match is, isn't a success unless the crowd's reacting to it. Um, should, should we care about piped in crowd noise, Kaz? Yeah, you should. It's a little misleading, you know, uh, you know, when you put piped in crowd noise, like you're basically trying to tell, it's basically like when you go to a sitcom and it says applause, like eh, I'll applause if I need to, like I'll cheer if I need to, you know what I mean? Like I don't need to be steered in one way or another, whether I should be cheering or not. No response is definitely a response too, you know? And if you're putting it, if you're putting somebody, I almost think you're doing that person a disservice if you're going out there and having them think that, you know, oh, this person's getting a great response on TV, knowing that in the arena, that person knows that they're not necessarily getting, uh, you know, a reaction Just, that they're that's desired. Wait, I have a really stupid question. When they pipe in crowd noise, are they doing that? Well, it's not in post because it's live, but it, but like, are they doing that in the production truck or are they putting it out through into the stadium? I don't think it's in the stadium, no. Uh, I mean... I know, like, for example, like when John Cena comes out mm -hmm. and like certain like TV spots where like, you know, his, his entrance is very choreographed. So when he does the the threes up and they're doo, 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 like you could they, they they pipe in the house music a lot louder when that happens. Mm -hmm. And it's same for like when Roman comes out and like he has like that second bell raise, a uh, belt raise like inside the ring. Yeah, they raise the music up again. But I think for crowd noise, I think that's just TV. Like, I don't know if the people in the arena hear that, but if they do, uh, somebody would have to tell me because I've never heard it. I wouldn't I wouldn't have noticed. Like, uh, for example, well, I think I think the Raw After Mania, I think the Raw After Mania, like Austin Theory was talking about, oh, man, like, is this the crazy, yeah. um, uh, you know, Raw After Mania crowd I was, I was hoping? And it wasn't really crazy, but then I watched it back on TV and it heard a lot crazier. It sounded a lot crazier than it was in in the in the arena so i'm like oh, okay yeah, they might have they must have done something yeah definitely. phil what do you phil what do you think is this is this a so no i think it is and i think one of the reasons it is is because obviously we can tell when it's fit popped in or not right if it was seamless we wouldn't be having this conversation because we would so you think know. it's a problem because but, it's obvious which really begs the question about why do it but maybe it's not obvious to well, everybody right but and also the thing that separates professional wrestling from everything else is that it is this mix of live sport and theater, mm -hmm. right? It is, that's what you have, these sports reactions to somebody in a, a near fall or somebody getting a big win or somebody that you've rooted for a long time doing that, you cheer that, that, and you have the advantage of it being something you can script. That's what makes professional wrestling completely unique, right? People don't boo uh, at Hamlet. They don't start chants you know, like Iago doesn't get chance of you're an well, Now he doesn't, but, right? it, like, but back I mean? in the day, he might have. Right. But but now he doesn't. Right. And, and, you know, it isn't. And, you know, obviously movies are completely separate from an audience reaction because it's a 
film thing. Television is completely separate from audience reaction. Wrestling, what makes wrestling special is it is this, you, it's a combination of sports and theater. So when you start taking away that unique crowd reaction and mm-hmm. hyping it in, it, it sort of ruins but what guess- makes wrestling special. I- it's why I couldn't watch uh, Pandemic wwe wrestling oh yeah in the, the thing i just couldn't watch i mean i didn't need to i wasn't i you know i didn't this was before i was for my job i had to watch all the wwe stuff so i just didn't watch it i was like every once in a while somebody said oh brian danielson stepping on a guy's eye really nasty you should check that out yeah. and go find it but for the most part i was out the entire time this pandemic wrestling it's like i have to have some sort of crowd and okay. even if it was even AEW had like an iwa mid-south 40 people in a crowd thing. I was fine with that. But as long as you have some interaction between human beings watching a show and, and the people performing at it. So when you've taken away, when you start pumping in crowd noise, you okay. know, removes I totally agree some with of the you. beauty I, of this, of what it is. I totally agree with you. Let me stipulate that. And also the interaction part, I want to put a pin in and come back, but just in terms of the reaction. I mean, if this, if we look at Monday night raw, as a television product that is incidentally in an arena full of fans, if you or count the number of fans that are in the arena uh, as opposed to the people that are watching at home, just playing devil's advocate, if the if the audience that you're really appealing to are the people on the couch, what they're going for is you jumping out of your chair and pumping your fists and reacting there at home, right? So does it really, is it a betrayal, again, totally devil's advocate, to make the television product as whatever as effective affective as possible just to do if they think they're helping you out at home i mean listen i'm not gonna say that like it's 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 lot it's the it's the worst offense that a wrestling company can do to somebody right like obviously there's probably some mental benefits to like at least saying well this is what it's gonna look like eventually right like everybody goes through their sort of weird phases like cena had his weird phase Mm -hmm. roman had his weird phase you know what i mean and there was definitely moments where they're like all right we're gonna do our best to guide you towards the reaction that we kind of want and a lot of times you know maybe not so much in cena's case because they 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 were steadfast not turning him but a lot of times like it's almost like an un undesired sort of result of you know, finding out like, damn, if we really got to pipe in this much crowd noise for somebody, maybe we should change maybe what we're taking doing notes. with them. <laughs> like, maybe we're not doing the right thing by. I this, just don't this love. I think. Right now. I, I just think I don't love the noise. Like, I don't love the. I don't love it the don't sound. Even sound of the, appealing. No, I would rather it be. I would rather they just turn up the crowd mics, and even if it's just the old school murmur of like the you know whatever, like the mid match sportatorium crowd or something like that yeah. would be fine. Like that's cool, but. I don't know. It doesn't sound good to me. But going back to Phil's point about the interaction, I mean, that's really it, right? I mean, it's the the coolest thing about wrestling is the is the fact that they are playing to a live crowd, and even if they're d- directly addressing the camera. They're do you know the best of them are doing it in such a way as to like directly address the people that are watching, and um, it really matters for the way that we engage in the product. And I and I th- and the, despite the devil's advocate argument that I just made, I, I don't really buy it. I mean, I think that. It's all about, I think it's the live audience is huge. And I think that what they're trying, the best thing they could do to you as the viewer at home on the couch is to make you feel like you're in the audience and they don't end to fake. It doesn't really help anybody. You know, I mean, I it's- mean, the greatest wrestling moments of all time are ones that were in uh service of an insane hot crowd when it happened. 
mm-hmm. right? That's what you remember is you remember the, oh my God, the cheers, the craziness. Of, become the third of, character. Yeah, of right? Dusty <laughs> coming in and clearing out the four horsemen. Yeah. Or Carrie Von Erich winning the NWA title or Hulk Hogan winning the WWE title or the glass breaking in Austin coming out. It only works if the crowd is going insane, right? Mm-hmm. That's what made, is the Sami Zayn match in Montreal as good a match if it's in Cleveland? No. Not even close, right? But if it was the Miz versus Roman Reigns in Cleveland. Right, right. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, part of it was the the, the interaction, the crowd, the intensity of feeling about this is what makes wrestling a cool thing. Without that, there are TV shows that have better drama and kung fu movies that have better fights. And I, you know, you could just, what, what you, what makes wrestling something that people obsess over is that kind of, is that, you know, gray area that exists between narrative and sport. So, you know, when, it, when you take away the sport part of it, you pump in fake crowd noise or you're doing weird uh, stuff without crowds or even this is some of my issue with cinematic matches. Like, I don't know. If I wanted to watch a cinematic fight. I'd go watch a. Go watch Jet Li well, or something like that. I, I think know. that the argument so, for cinematic, so, I mean, the argument for cinematic matches is uh, is where I like kind of tentatively agree is that there's no such thing as a popcorn match anymore, and so you just have to have very different things on the menu. You know, I mean, it, and it's just to break the monotony. You can't have, you know, three main event. Remember, I mean, we always talk about WrestleMania New York where they just had like four main events in a row and it was the last two hours of the show. And it was just like, and I was just exhausted. You know, everybody was freaking exhausted by it. No one cared by the end. Um, But I I think cinematic matches, I would rather watch a cinematic match than a, you know, 10 minute like commercial break slash like teaser for the match I'm about to see. You know, I, I, but not that they don't have those anyway, but, but yeah, the point taken. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED highlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Life is a highway. And on it, there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. So go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. When we're talking about the reaction from the crowd, 
Oh, everybody hop aboard the uh, Segway train here. One let's, of the things that we're doing, we're doing the draft, when we're talking about crowd reactions, I mean, there, there's, there is a, an irrepressible quality that some professional wrestlers have to connect with the crowd, right? It, it, is, a, it is a skill that is uh, very hard to learn if you're not born with it, maybe impossible, you know? I mean, and a lot of people have to unlock it over the years and, uh, you know, you people shut up can only get you so far. The, you have to find a way to make the crowd really hate you or really love you. And there's a vanishingly small number of people for whom the crowd will erupt and then quiet down so you can talk when you pick up the microphone. I think, you know, one of the, probably the biggest name of this generation is a guy named CM Punk who is uh, on the verge of making his return to AEW. Or so we're led to believe. <laughs> uh, I think we can take that as a given at this point. When I started writing at Grantland.com, uh, which led to this job at The Ringer, I was just going to do like wrestling reviews, sort of like I was reviewing TV shows or albums or whatever, you know, just like talking about what was happening in WWE. And like the week that I started, the pipe bomb happened, and that changed the course of my career and frankly, professional wrestling, every, you know, pretty much everything that followed it. Um, after the pipe bomb, CM Punk, uh, shortly after, uh, disappeared for a bit, you know, took the belt and went home and all that kind of stuff, leading to sort of not his first uh, tease at a return because it was a replay of the Summer of Punk angle that happened in Ring of Honor, blah, blah, blah. But here we are again, waiting for CM Punk again to come back. We spent seven years waiting. Now we're waiting again. Would this be the fourth Summer of Punk? Well, let's Would take that. Let's S let's direct this SLP question to Phil. <laughs> Phil? I think I think so, right? Because his return the first time was in the summer. I would say I would it say wasn't. Ring of Honor, the end of Ring of Honor, the Money in the Bank mm -hmm. with Cena. I would count this past summer uh, his return as a summer of punk to AEW. Sure, and I guess this would be number four, right? Like this would be the fourth yeah. time he's making a triumphant. I guess, uh, depending on who you ask, triumphant return. Why the, the summer? Ring, right? <laughs> Does Punk have some like uh, seasonal effectiveness disorder or something that he's just not thriving in the colder months? Well, well I know he's a huge hockey fan. Oh, so maybe it's go. like he, he, maybe it's like okay, once the Stanley Cup finals are over, I come back and do wrestling. Is my he's like thing. The, he's like sick. It's just, like he's it. not just don't book me during softball season, brother. You know, yeah. like it's <laughs> um. You know, and I think summer is a good time to have a big wrestling angle. Just oh, it is. Because there's no football, there's no basketball, there's no hockey. It's just baseball. It's not the playoffs, right? And so, you know, having it, it can be a thing where it can take a lot of the focus uh, of, like, people who talk about sports and entertainment. You know, a lot of times there's summer movies. But, you know, it could, it could take a bigger, uh, a bigger uh, chunk of the pie. So it's, maybe that's the reason. It's maybe it's a cool, maybe it maybe now once he did it a couple times, it's like, well, that's my thing. No, now so it's his thing. But it's it. true. It's I mean, it's a good time in wrestling too because for years WWE sort of ceded the territory, right? I mean, they plan about they plan their year round WrestleMania when they when when they finally started putting the entire promotional machine behind SummerSlam. There was a period where I like to call it like WrestleMania for fans like us, right? I mean, it would seem like they were really pushing the sort of more you know, smart fan people at wrestle at, at SummerSlam and, 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 and making, making matches that could really get us excited. That sort of would seed the ground for everybody to get excited. 
they've backed off that a little bit. I think it's just SummerSlam has expanded into WrestleMania too. You know, I mean, it's just they, they're doing stadiums and and trying to build the biggest card, and that's worked out, I think, really well overall. But I don't know. Now there's it does it does seem like right now CM Punk could make much more of a footprint than he would if he came back in February or something like that. You know, so. This is a big deal. So, 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 Summer of Punk number four, if we're going to call it that. Phil, tell us. Talk about your piece. What, why does CM Punk, why does the impending return of CM Punk enthrall us so much? Well, I think he is really great at being a guy who sort of knows how to leverage uncertainty. Right? I think that's what he's done in all of these, really outside of the return to AEW, because there was an uncertainty there. But, you know, that's what the first one was in ROH. People assumed he was going to be gone. They were going to have this moment where they were going to have a chance to say goodbye to one of their beloved favorites. And instead, he wins the title and he turns on the crowd and he signs the WWE contract on the belt and says he's going to walk into Monday Night Raw as the ROH champion. And, and you know, he's it's it's funny because, you know, the whole idea of the, the WWE one was he was the voice of the unforgotten right the the voice voice voiceless yeah right whereas in like an roh he really was playing uh you know i'm the guy who's spitting on you indie fans and your stupid stuff i'm gonna go make money in the wwe it was like the complete opposite of what he did later right and if you look back on that promos it was a little like with a mick foley and ecw stuff where it's like i i just want to go back to uncle eric and, you know, mm-hmm. and, and uh, CM Punk was like, I just want to go ahead and, and hang out with Triple H and Vince yeah. and make a lot of money. Um, but it was the same thing. It was like, we don't really know what's going on with them. And then the pipe bomb, same thing, right? You know, I always thought it was a missed opportunity to have him. He should have stayed away longer. Because yeah. he was really only gone like a week, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. they had him back on Raw very, they very popped quick. up. He did like, you know? he popped up at Comic-Con. He did something. And then, and it was like, oh yeah, you could keep doing this for months. And then he just was right back there <laughs> because he had to fight yeah. Kevin Nash or whatever he had to do. But, um. Yeah, no, they, they kind of blew that a little bit, right? <laughs> they, the two great moments. <laughs> and then kind of, yeah, at the end, at the end, somehow this incredible CM Punk pipe bomb moment ended up being like a Kevin Nash Helmsley ladder match. Well, oh, but that's, that's what this ended up right. being. Okay, listen, you know, it's, no one's going to, no one's going to on this show. No, I, I was going to say no one's going to defend the, the, you know, triple H or the, you know, the, the big daddy, cool diesel aspect of the whole thing. But I don't know. This feels like something that Brian <laughs> H waters might just come in off the top rope and just be like, like, Kevin Nash with no <laughs> knees and gray hair was my favorite wrestler as a kid. I mean, that was the, my first TLC pay-per-view. And Go I got ahead, to see Waters. him live. So. First time seeing Kevin Nash live. <laughs> <laughs> um, thank you, Brian. You know, I have a, I have a book, Way of the Blade, 100 of the Greatest Bloody Matches in Professional Wrestling Love History, available on Amazon.com. Uh, one of the matches I did was, a, was there was a great uh, Kevin Nash Mick Foley match from TNA. Or it's like those guys were both completely washed up, but they had this amazing, nasty, like Kevin Nash, the best match of Kevin Nash's career. So we're looking for late period, awesome Nash. Go that find is on my to TNA watch list match now. Big Ball. He's just. <laughs> I'm going to go watch that. It, yeah. We're, it's dope. I, it's like, it's basically Kevin Nash is basically Vader 
in the Mick Foley versus Vader role. <laughs> in, in, like he's like shoot punching Foley in the eye and busted him open. It had a terrible TNA booking finish, but otherwise it's dope. So if you're looking for good Kevin Nash, that's like my favorite Kevin Nash if you match just, ever. If you just put together a, a, a playlist of all of the like guys who are too old to be wrestling matches in TNA, I would I would probably watch that. I would probably spend a weekend with that. Well, I'm a huge fan of semi-washed up old guy wrestling. <laughs> well, you're, like, a, that's, you're well, a fan that's of right. the Lucha world. I mean, every big show has some like 85-year-old man putting his mask on the line. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I, saw, I saw a War Games like earlier in the year that had George South in it. Oh, George yeah. I was watching all, all those at the same games. time as you. Yeah, that's nuts. <laughs> I mean, it's just it's good stuff, man. I you get, get a old, get a real old washed up dude. I, yeah. One of my favorite wrestlers ever was like three years before his death, Andre, where Andre could barely walk, just standing, just holding smart, onto the ropes the whole time. But he was such a smart wrestler that he just knew how to exit wrestle as an immovable mountain. Yeah, can't move. Right. It was. And I'm really also, you know, I'm also a boulder. So how are you gonna try to beat me? Take I- me down. Macho Man Randy Savage. Well, I so think last week are awesome. I think last week on the show, I pitched just basically a wrestling seniors tour called Forty Five Live, where it was just like yes. you have to be forty five <laughs> is the youngest you can possibly be. Those are the whippersnappers. I think that there's a real, I think there's real money in like sixty five live too. I mean, I, you know, <laughs> they can, they can, we'll make, we'll, we'll make room for all that on the show. Um, by the way, we also pitched the Real Beef Wrestling Federation last week and got yes. some good responses to that. I just, Phil, what do you think about a wrestling company? You, you'll be into this. That's where literally, like, it's only real life hatred that, that spurs the feuds. <laughs> I mean, some of the great wrestling feuds of all time were based on real life. That's why I think the whole idea of a, a roster split is so stupid. Just it's, it's yeah. wrestling. Wolfie D. Uh, Bill Dundee pulled a knife on Wolfie D and tried to stab him in the locker room. And three weeks later, they're working a program on Memphis wrestling because mm-hmm. it's wrestling. What I mean, Matt Hardy. You know, uh, yeah. you know, uh, Edge fucked his girlfriend, and they made it an angle and had some great <laughs> matches. It's wrestling. It's wrestling. You don't it's like true. each other wrestle. I was at so, I was at Madison Square Garden. Uh, I forgot. Well, whatever it was, I, I was at Madison Square Garden for a live show at one point where I was a part of the Bring Back Matt chant. And after he had when, during the period where he was fired, uh, and and Edge and Lita were in the ring together, um, and also that night. Hogan made a Hulk Hogan made a semi surprise shocking return to save. Um, I'm gonna mix this up to save Shawn Michaels at the hands of Muhammad Hassan, I believe. And, oh yeah, okay, I remember it. Is. And it was one of the most exhilarating experiences for me as a wrestling fan. At that point, I didn't care that much about Hogan, but to get to see a, a shocking Hogan return live in person mm-hmm. as an adult. I was still, you know, I melted into a little child in that moment. And I think that those two things, the Edge and uh, Lita and Matt thing and the Hogan and the big return of Hogan thing all are just, you you could wad those up and roll it into a ball and spit on it and, and uh, you know, put a Pepsi tattoo on the outside. And that's what the CM Punk return is sort of like, right? A combination of these things. It's the, it, we, we're desperate to see him Literally just to see him physically come back into the arena. And also, there's this sort of real-life drama looming over everything, right? And that's what that's what's going to propel our viewership, regardless of whether or not they actually get this match in the ring. Do you, you mean, they're going to get the match in the ring, though, Phil, right? 
I mean, I would hope. I, it really is. I, I, I hope that, you know, <laughs> it's funny that uh, the feud that the elite is in right now is Brian Danielson calling them amateurs. Yeah. Right? And prove him wrong and run the damn match because a professional runs the match. An amateur may be worried about his feelings and worried about blah, 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 but a professional wrestler runs the mm. match. Hulk Hogan, Randy Savage, those two guys did not care for each other. They had the matches, mm-hmm. right? I, I I don't know if I made this joke on this thing before, but I know I've made it on Twitter. If uh, Bruiser Brody survives the stabbing, San Juan Arena is Brody Invader 1, and they're blowing the place out, right? Yeah. Like, if he just goes to the hospital, they're running that feud because it's wrestling. And, you know, that's what it is. So you guys want to be professionals? Then you have the match. And I think I, I'm assuming that they are professionals and that they'll have the match. Yeah, I have. Uh, I don't know. Not. I always I, I think I probably said this last week. I have very little doubt that they're professionals in the sense that, like, if they get in the ring together, something's going to go wrong. Although I think the best thing they could do is to book it as if something goes wrong halfway through. Kaz and I were like fantasy booking this thing last week. You know, I mean, you got to you got to get 10 minutes in and then have like a wayward punch that seems to make the whole thing, you know, just takes the whole thing off the rails. But it's just about, it's not, so it's not about what happens bell to bell so much as like literally getting them in the ring. You know, it's like, like you got one guy on the, on the CM Punk side, you got a guy who's probably got more, more money than he and his, you know, offspring will ever spend. Um, And he's got more than anything else, this sort of like, attitude that he would never do anything you know he's, he's a man of principle uh and then on the other side you got uh, three guys who for better or worse have a lot of sway over the direction of the company you know i mean if the if the and i'm just talking about the core three of omega and the bucks i mean they're evps of record uh, obviously that doesn't necessarily mean they have control but you know them not getting their way could have its own ramifications i mean I don't know. I just think I, I just think in wrestling history, when you talk about getting those big feuds, you talk about Hogan and Savage. Well, you know, Hogan got his way in the end, right? I mean, if Savage had said, if Savage had said, I, I'm either I go over or I leave, then they would have just said goodbye. You know, at some point, somebody's got to sort of win the backstage contest before the match gets in the ring, right? I mean, I would think so. I would think so. But I feel like with this, it's so it's so different because I think we're not putting into account how much the internet sort of like factors into this, right? Like oh, yeah. I I think I think the fact that this is all kind of playing out live in front of, you know, way more people than probably the examples that you use has to make sort of a difference. And this is a company that was largely founded by those same people. You know what I mean? Or at least you know, that that audience is is what made the careers of the elite even possible for AEW. So, yeah, I mean, you want to win the backstage war, I guess. But at the same time, you got to factor in like, OK, well, what is it worth winning this if in the long run this isn't what's best for the company? And which is why I always stood with the CM Punk stuff. Like, same thing with Phil, like. I always thought, like, you know, this this whole collision thing, I I understand business-wise why you do it. You're having a big show. You're trying to get 90,000 people packed into an overseas arena for your first UK show. It makes sense to build out a world where there's rosters so big that, you know, it ends up being a, a, a fully packed stadium show. You calling the show collision is 
really on the nose also, right? Like, obviously, you'll keep a few rosters away from each other by the time it hits September or October, whenever the show is. These shows, these matches that you've kept people away from for so long become a bigger deal. But at the same time, it's wrestling, bro. Like, you're you're missing out on, like, I, I don't see a world where, like, they go through all this and they don't work together. And there aren't conversations that we aren't privy to that the, it, that doesn't play out in front of the internet that they're both smart enough to realize this is probably going to be the biggest angle any of us have ever done. And we've done a lot of shit, you know what I mean, between all of us. You know, by the time they figure it out and get on the same page and you got a billionaire's money to spend and you got a hundred thousand seat, close to a hundred thousand seat arena to, to, uh, to, to fill out. They know business is business at the end of the day, man. Make some money. Well, let's say get out your feelings, get some bread, bro. Like whatever the dog's okay. Larry's fine. Nobody got hurt. I mean, like Punk got hurt for a little bit, but that was mostly towards the match, you know. And all all things considered, I know there's stories there that saying like Punk hasn't had a conversation with the elites and all this mm-hmm. type of stuff. I think I think that's all baloney too. Oh, like, really? I think okay. they've all spoken. I think I, it does. It just doesn't make business sense. If I'm if I'm the guy signing your checks, right? Not, not, not forget Tony Khan for a second. If I'm Warner Brothers Discovery, if I'm the guy who is like paying out the dollars to make sure AEW is on TV every single week. You don't think this motherfucker has sat down these two people like, hey, listen, no. this is going really well. Whatever. I've thought it, a lot. I've just, thought a lot about this, and we'll get off the we'll get off the suit in a second. But I've thought a lot about this, yeah. and I think that there's actually like a practical element to this, which is like if this were happening, right? If like you and and well, you you're like my friend. Let's say if like if like you know if 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 we had two employees, let's just say like two producers on the Ringer Wrestling Show. That were hated each other. One of them stole the other's girlfriend. The other one threatened the other one's life. Like whatever. Like it was a big problem. Yes. And I and and suddenly it was just like, well, we have to do. We we have to all work together, right? I would be like, okay, we got to fix this. Now you would say, listen, there's no way they're going to continue this with both these guys unless like Shoemaker talks to them, right? But the fact of the matter is, I might just like I would be like, so I would be like, yes, we have to get these guys on the same page, but. In all likelihood, I'd probably be like, hey, Ben Cruz, let's get, why don't you go get these guys on the same page, right? You like deputize somebody to take care of it. Because I'm a very busy guy, right? Like, I have a lot of stuff going on. I would just let somebody, but if you don't have, if Tony Khan doesn't have a Ben Cruz in his life, this might still be on his to do list. He might have just said, listen, today I have to make a decision about whether or not we're going to have a TV show called Collision. And the, ba- and the only thing I got to do to say yes to that is make sure CM Punk is signed on. I'll take care of the other stuff later. And then it doesn't get taken care of, right? I mean, that's a yeah. thing that, that can happen. Anyway, all this stuff is just conjecture. Who knows? Presuming there's so going to be th- a... Go ahead, Phil. Correct. So I think one thing that makes this a little different than previous professional wrestling feuds of, you know, guys who don't get along is there is like... I don't think fans in the 80s cared that much about anything but seeing wrestlers that they rooted for fight wrestlers that they didn't like. Yeah. Right? Like, that's what you cared about if you were a fan of the 80s. Like, I love Dusty Rhodes. I don't like Ric Flair. I want to see them go at it. The fans in Memphis liked uh, Wolfie D, and they didn't like Bill Dundee, so they're like, I don't care that there was some backstage thing, and they could talk about it in the promos, and it'll make me want to see them fight more. But there is a weird, uh, you know, 21st century internet wrestling fan thing. 
involved with these guys. Yeah, they have. For to, sure. th- there is a there is a everybody a already parasocial, There is a parasocial relationship that a lot of fans in the elite have with these guys, right? That Hanger and Kenny and the box are their friends who they've seen on being elite and they're worried about their mental health. And it's true. I mean, you see this stuff with the, it mm-hmm. as a guy is getting older and was grew up as a wrestling fan in the eighties and nineties. It seems psychotic to me, but it exists, right? There are people who don't want to see CM Punk on TV because they think it would be me- mentally and emotionally damaging to their friends who, uh, in their head, sure. professional wrestlers, mm-hmm. which is a different thing. That is that. I mean, that is, and I think that is a real thing that the that part of the success well, of AEW. There's, I mean, a lot. Has that's just that the mo- that's the modern age. Those fans. That's the modern age. If Twitter existed in the '80s, then there would be a whole lot of you know people be evenly div- divided between Hogan and Savage. You know, and it would be a lot harder to pull off the match. The, you can't. The Booker can't just decide how that's going to go without risking the retaliation from the crowd because it's the great leveling. You know, it's not just you're sitting at home and you're like, dude, I know Savage is the heel, but like he's got a lot of good points, you know, and I and I don't I'm not sure that Hogan hasn't really crossed the line. It's one thing to think that to yourself, but to go online and realize that there's a million people that agree with you, then all of a sudden that changes the way that the crowd reacts. Right. And it's and listen, there's a lot of modern aspects to this. And if this if 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 it were the modern day, Wolfie D, you know, or, you know, and Bill Dundee would have probably both spent a night in the jail, you know, and they would not be allowed to be. HR would not allow them <laughs> to be working together two weeks later. You know, I mean, that, that would have been OK. So God, know, can you it's a imagine world. the difficulty you might have if you were the HR for late 80s, early 90s Memphis wrestling? Uh, <laughs> we have to stop the conversation. God, we, we need to have a conversation here. We need to. Can you come into my office? God. <laughs> no, we can't do that. We're going to get canceled. All right. So if we do have a brand split of sorts, uh, if Punk, let's just say for, the, for the sake of argument, Punk and the elite will never cross paths again. We're all excited about Punk coming back, but who's Punk going to be yelling at? Like, who is Punk feuding with in his first week? Does he come back and is it like a, let me tell you something, Tony Khan, and try to do the Stone Cold thing? <laughs> or is it, or does he, I mean, are there are there matches that you want to see? Obviously, MJF is sitting right there, you know, like that's, that's still out there. But like, look down the roster. Punk can have a good match with a lot of the younger crew. Like, who do you want to see him wrestle? You know, as a fan, I think Brian hit it on the head a couple of, episodes ago when he said, you know, the match to have is CM Punk versus Brian Danielson. But I think, yeah. you know, the the elite BCC stuff has pretty much tied him up there, so I don't see that happening for a while. Um, I don't know really where Hangman Page sort of fits into there. No, I think he's a no-go. He's there. a no-go. That's so for the sake of this argument. Well. I mean, I would, lo- I would love to see him again... Uh, I mean, I mean, MJF just kind of seems like the, the one that makes the most sense, right? Like, he's the one who kind of won the title, like, storyline-wise. If you're going to, you know, pretend like none of this ever happened and you got to keep people away from each other, like, the thing that makes the most sense is either Moxie or MJF or, mm-hmm. or, or, or and these are the folks that he had, like, you know, feuds with before, he, before um, you know, before the whole brawl out thing sort of happened. I don't know. I just feel like with Punk, it's always been what he says, not necessarily his entering work. So I can always tell you, like, yo, it would be great to see him against uh, 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 Sammy Guevara yeah. or a Jungle Boy or um, Wardlow or Hobbs or, like, any of these guys. But at the end of the day, like, there's only a handful of people that can really carry a program with him, like, bar for bar. I mean, I still I, – I wouldn't be – I wouldn't matter if they ran it back with Eddie Kingston. 
Yeah. Eddie Kingston's a really he great quit. truth He's teller. in Ring of Honor now, but yeah. Well, he's in Ring of Honor. Well, there you go. I mean, like, I mean, it uh, doesn't think CM Punk would, could stop him from going over there to do some Ring of Honor stuff, but I feel like the right there is probably, you know, a way that you could sort of address the elephant in the room without necessarily having the elite be involved because Eddie Kingston kind of goes for the beat of his own drummer anyway. Yeah. And if he came out and was just like, listen, nobody will tell you, nobody's got the balls to tell you what I got to tell you, partner. And then just kind of gets in his face. And mm-hmm. and, and well, you need talkers with Punk. Like if he's if he's in a that's feud it. with somebody who can't. That's it. Because it's fun. It's fun word. and reaffirming and everything to see Punk and, you know, Dax Harwood go out and like recreate a Sean Brett match or whatever. And and it, I mean, there's a lot of value in that. Punk can work. You know, he, he's, he's kind of in a new era of his in-ring career and, and it's actually really fun to watch but you're right he's got to be with somebody who can go toe-to-toe with him in on the microphone i mean listen this whole freaking thing started with him and hangman getting in there and dueling microphones and everything else and like hangman didn't have any business to i mean no offense to the guy but like that was that the, that the origin of that was certainly an effort to say let's prove that hangman can hang with punk on the microphone you know yeah. and that i mean you wouldn't have had to do that with somebody else and so it's so it is hard. The, the list of people who it's interesting to think of Punk getting into a a verbal altercation with is pretty small. Um, Jericho is obviously one of them. That's why there's been there's been a lot of talk about him feuding with Jericho uh, when he comes back, even though they've you know they've done it before and it's a decade later now. Um, so it, it it will be interesting to see what they do. I mean, there, there's there's not as many people in AEW who sort of fit that mold. Um, like you would love to see Danielson if, yeah. but you, but, but cause but that's cause we know Danielson can go on the mic, you know? I mean, and also it'd be an incredible match in the ring. That's um, a quick pivot, but I also believe, you know, that's their, I always believe like punk Danielson is like their hitman Shawn Michaels, like their Hogan Savage. Like they're, they're waiting to, to really blast that out. Like maybe if, if you're not doing the elite, I think Danielson punk could absolutely Fill up eighty thousand people oh, yeah. in 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 Wembley, but I mean, you know, uh, that's your biggest. That's the biggest match WWE could have put together when they were together, and they, then they, they didn't really pull the trigger, except for an offshoot pay per view, like in a random month, right? Like mm-hmm. that's still sort of a match that we haven't really gotten in this this era of professional wrestling. So I don't know. I feel like that's that's something that you got to do before the year is up whether it's Phil, all out or whether it's um you know uh, I, I agree that's a money that's i mean that's obviously the biggest money match and both those guys are getting old danielson's talking about retirement punks yeah. getting up there they got I, i'd rather them just do it than than to hold it out but phil so we talked about kaz mentioned kingston obviously danielson i mean one of my uh, great Jericho. regrets as a, as a aw fan is that that kingston punk feud which was one of my favorite things they ever did really only lasted the one match Right, it felt it was, it was too, too quick. quick. I mean, it was just it was so good. Both the, and it, even the build wasn't that long. It was only like a couple, mm-hmm. like three weeks or something like that. And then they had a match, which I think is up there with the top five or ten matches AEW's ever run. Punk Kingston, I yeah. love Punk Kingston. So yeah, I mean, but you know, I mean, I'm I'm like as as in the bag for Eddie as it gets. So Eddie, anybody is what I want to do. Um, I don't think those guys love each other. I think that a lot of that beef is. <laughs> is legitimate, but you know, Eddie Kingston's a guy, like I'm saying, has had plenty of amazing feuds with people he cannot stand. I don't know. See, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Almost Eddie Kingston is as real as it gets, but of all the shit that's happened 
in the past several months, and I know Punk hasn't spoken a lot. He hasn't had he didn't have shit to say about Eddie Kingston when he was he was really the first one to kind of get in his grill and tell him like, hey. Not everybody here is psyched to have you here, partner. <laughs> you know, like you're not yeah. you're not as beloved back here as everybody. When he had he had shit to say about Hangman, he had shit to say about the elite, he had shit to say about everybody in that brawl out scrum. There's definitely he a didn't little say a fucking word about Eddie Kingston. That's I, it. That's I mean, it. I, I'd fight I'd fight Nick Jackson. <laughs> I'm not fighting Eddie Kingston. <laughs> with, with that, with, with, without without ascribing too much intent there, there's definitely a little game recognizes game between the two of them, yeah. right? I mean, it's just like, you, yeah. like punk, if you ask Punk, I bet he would say, hey, at least he told me what was on his mind. He was straight up about it. I don't, I'm don't. i not going to hold a grudge over it. And whether or not there's yeah. anything else you know, bubbling underneath, that's something separate. <laughs> but tell me this. Eddie Kingston have, told have another me on record that Claudio was a punk who stabbed him in the back and he hated him and was going to go for his eyes. That was not, that was in the rigor. Well, you can read my article. He didn't he didn't, yeah, he didn't go that for to his me eyes. behind his back and tell me to like put it in a dirt sheet. He just straight up said it. Uh and he said the same thing about Puck, uh, you know, look out for the AEW way of the blade coming soon. There's some quotes in there about Puck, similar shit. Uh, you know, he just says it. So he doesn't and I think Puck probably does respect the fact that he's not he's not whispering to Dave Meltzer. And uh, Brian Alvarez about this. He's just coming out and <laughs> oh saying, "Let's go! I, I want to. I'll fight okay. you anywhere you in the anywhere you want. Streets, backstage, in the ring. I'm good." <laughs> Given, is there anybody else on the AW roster that's not a tangential member of the elite that you would want to see Punk one on one with, like in a big program? I mean, I would. <laughs> Wait, so let me ask Phil. Um, so I, I, I don't know. I, 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 I think, like I said, a heel punk face Darby Allen. I think could be really great. The, okay, we no, you cut off before okay. you said that. Before. So, so I, I really think that those guys could do something. I think, I think all of the punk I want to see is heel punk, right? Because he hasn't been a yeah. heel. I mean, when was he, he last a heel? No, he had that one run where Heyman. He was he was a Heyman uh, okay. guy. I said it last week. If he just if he just made his big return with Larry on a leash just walking down to the ring with his dog, he would immediately be the biggest heel in wrestling and every and it would be and everything would be right with the world. But what what were you going to say Kaz? I was saying um the way AEW's been building Adam Cole as like the the most pure white meat baby face they've had in a long time. And I wouldn't be mad at seeing Adam Cole and CM Punk uh go at it. That's somebody he can go bar for bar with on the mic. He could definitely, you know, I think body-wise mm-hmm. they kind of complement each other very well as well. <laughs> And you know, is that, uh, is yeah, that yeah, a I mean, sneak disc cast that felt a little like that a was sneak a weird. <laughs> be nice. Too sneaky. Be nice. Be nice. I love. I fucking love Adam Cole. Okay, I'm just saying. You know, sometimes when he's squaring up with somebody, like the, the, the believability's got to be there, right? They're both they're both similar body sizes, <laughs> what I will say. And I'm sticking to it. But but forget all that. I just think the match will be fire. I think there's a lot to really talk about. I think they both have. Uh, very interesting stories to tell if they want to keep it real or, you know, draw something from what's happened in the past several months. Somebody who came into AEW as, you know, these are my, I mean, he, I guess he's elite adjacent. You know what I mean? Like, I think that's as close as you can get yeah. to be like, you know, I came to this company because of these guys. And, you know, you are the guy what? who almost fucking ruined everything. You know, can I ask and, a really terrible question since you brought it up, Kaz, I'm going to blame this on you. Blame me. Let's do it. If Punk had come, had walked into the door to ECW or whatever, when he got hired by WWE with like Randy Orton's body, 
Or even like Seth Rollins, but let's just for the sake of argument, he walks in not taller, but just as jacked as Randy Orton is. Would everything have been different? Would Vince have just fallen in love with him on day one and just given him anything he wanted in the world? And we would have all, and this would just be, he'd be in his like late stage Hulk Hogan run in WWE right now. His career, his career would be good. I mean, he needed, he needed the antagonist. uh, Right, he needed to be. He it's needed true. to be. He needed to be treated poorly. He needed to be doubted. He needed to be the guy that they shit on to have as the career he had. I don't. I think if he's built like Seth Rollins, he has Seth Rollins' career, which isn't as good. That's yeah, a good point. It's like, uh, and I, lo- I know we love doing basketball comparisons on the show, but like, it's the age old question of like. Would you take Shaq with range or like a 6'10 Steph Curry? It's like, well, he's not the same if he's 6'10, right? Like you can't get through screens and like, you know, take shots from like 45 feet out and be as, you know, there's a benefit to being that small. Like even though, you know, in a perfect world, yes, if CM Punk was 6'8 and chiseled to the gods and had like a jawline like Randy Orton, like, yeah, I'm sure his career would be very much different, but But he wouldn't be the voice of the voiceless. He wouldn't be this underappreciated underdog. He wouldn't have this underdog mentality. He wouldn't have the need to go to the Indies and truly prove himself as this like underground sort of God before he got to WWE. He'd be a completely different guy. This is sort of like it would you want a duck sized horse or a wait, a, uh, wait, a horse sized duck or like what would win a duck, a horse sized duck or a hundred duck sized horses. Do we know if you were, <laughs> if you were booking the territory, if you were booking the territory, Phil, would you like, to, would you rather have, one six six punk that's jacked to the gills, <laughs> or twenty five foot one punks <laughs> not jacked to the gills. But just talk I hella know, shit. It's, it's they all so talk hard. shit, and they're all they 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 they're they're all they all have a lot of complaints and a lot of motivation. I, I mean, I, I, I I'm not sure five one's pretty short. So you're talking about yeah. The, uh, I mean, Ray Mysterio Ray size. Mysterio, I mean, that's, I think Ray Mysterio. Barely. I think Ray Mysterio. I think Ray Mysterio. We're talking about like super Astro. Um, but I think, yeah, I think, God. I think Punk is, I, mean, I do think that part of the reason that Punk is as good as he is is because he had, he, the way he got into wrestling is by driving, by True. spending, by in, spending ham in Indiana working, uh, working Todd Morton for IWA Mid South and doing that whole run where mm-hmm. he spent all this time in the learning tree of Tracy Smothers and, and Ian Rotten and all these guys, you know, I think that's what, one of the things that made him, you know, Raven and all of the, you know, during ring of honor, I think that's all stuff that made him what he is. And if he's built like and watching that, he's built like Randy Orton, then he doesn't have that. And, you know, I don't know if he's w- watching the dusty roads doc that, uh, that was on TV made me really start thinking of, and his thinking about his AEW tenure made me really start thinking about the, um, just the sort of itinerant, the kind of like the big stars that became these sort of like like indie or or like mid major itinerants later in their career. And Raven was the first one I thought of. You look back at some of that stuff that Raven, those monsters ball matches that Raven had in TNA and stuff. I mean, just like floating around Ring of Honor. Like there, there's a that's there's a whole class of dudes like that who I just I would love to like we should we should just do like a series on them just get them all together and i mean just people that like helped out in really significant ways that are often i forgotten. mean tracy smothers he, he's passed and couldn't talk to him but you know he i think that was what he was famous for it was like all of this generation yeah. of indie guys if you ask them it's like oh man tracy smothers told me how to try me how to be a real professional wrestler like you know oh, like guys God. like hero and punk and all these guys Oh, Hero will talk about Tracy Smothers yeah. all day. I mean, and and it's and it, it's amazing to listen to. Yeah, I mean, it's you're you're absolutely right. Okay, one more question because we got to get out of here soon. 
talking about these punk matches. What do you think? And of course, we're 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 talking about we're we're all steering towards all in. Uh, if we're gonna say that they're not gonna do the elite match, can we all agree that the Danielson match is like the dream match that they could put on on that show that would really move tickets? MJF would be the other one. I mean, no, they've, I know MJF, they've done that yeah. feud, and maybe we've seen it. And but but if mm-hmm. you could do some sort of like almost a, more of a your uh, MJ, I think that would be the other. One. Yes, Danielson or MJF. I think are the only two names you would want to put against Punk because. Uh, what would sell more? T- what what would what would I know? We always talk about what would sell tickets and like how many seats are going to sell. Like we have any like dog in this fight or stake in it? Like any way to determine it? I feel like I kind of have a. Dog what do you in it think? Now. I mean, what I do you see think? Be successful. Kaz, That's such a such a fucking. It's such yeah. a fucking. Kaz, what yeah, would sell more? T- what would sell more tickets? What would sell more tickets? <laughs> Punk versus Danielson, for all the marble, whatever. Just build that up as the big dream match, or. Wait, let me get let me, let me formulate a good one in my head. Or Punk goes out, cuts a promo on it on on the debut episode of Collision, only to be interrupted, talking about how much he you know how much he's come through in his life and everything he's had to overcome to get to where he is, only to be interrupted by Shane McMahon, who's sick and tired of him running his family name through the mud. Shane versus Shane versus Punk at all in. Which one sells more tickets, Punk Shane or Punk Danielson? After WrestleMania, I don't want to see Shane McMahon within a quarter mile of a wrestler. Ring, I mean, you know? he's Ever not again, walking you know? to the ring to say that, Dave. He's, yeah, he, like, he's, he's in a motorized scooter with his foot up on the thing, scootering to the ring to say that. But but look, that just that just raises the odds of it becoming a bloody Phil Schneider classic. I mean, this, this could be a way of the blade, like like you know, Hall of Famer. <laughs> I mean, I Danielson Punk will have a lot of blood in it too. I mean that you know. No, like, I mean, oh, th- there's no way that there's no way that whatever that uh, that uh that all uh, all in main event that's gonna stay in the ring. There's no way Tony Khan doesn't bring out the bring out the aspirin and the and the uh, safety razors for the for a main event in, in Webley Stadium. Oh I mean, that's gonna be it's gonna be gross. I mean, you know, uh, but uh, I don't know, man. I think I think Shane's lost some of his luster. <laughs> to be honest, well, he's lost his luster. He's lost his luster until he shows up. Punk versus Snoop, yo. I'd rather see Punk versus Snoop. To be honest, like that would that would. Oh, sell. can you imagine the straight edge the promos Punk cuts on Snoop? Is all you've been doing <laughs> is pushing poison into people's minds, and I'm somebody whose eyes are clear and brain. You know, brain is good. I don't need to worry about. I don't need to smoke weed all day. And Snoop will tell CM Punk, all I've done is smoke weed and become America's right. sweetheart. You haven't right. touched anything. Yeah. And people fucking this hate you. <laughs> it, it, it books itself, right? We haven't had an old-fashioned CM Punk doesn't like the fact you do drugs and drink thing for a long time. Those were classics, a man. That, been a minute. That was what the Raven feud was. That was what the Jeff Hardy feud was, right? We haven't is there a real is there a real drug addict and uh, like a, is there wasn't that the Jericho feud too? Didn't Jericho yeah, feud on CM Jer- Punk or was that somebody else? Jericho feud too. Yeah. I, so I'm trying to, Jericho would be the one he could do that with in AEW, right? Is is there really like a, there's not really a, although I guess. I mean, the bubbly. The bubbly, the bubbly Tang, over there, right? I guess they still Hangman pushing Page that? is the guy who's like sort of done the, the beer drinking kind of 
deal too a little bit. Oh, they yeah. didn't really touch on that in their feud. And obviously, if they wrestle again, they'll have other things to talk about than Eggman Page enjoying an occasional Budweiser. But uh, but uh, you know, I'm trying <laughs> to think if we if we got to do it old fashioned. Punk doesn't like your uh, doesn't like your habits feud. Um, oh God. Well, I think Punk's got a lot more exciting things to talk about now. Hopefully. Um, the hard thing is going to be the pivot from here. I'm coming back. And the reason I'm gone is the story that you guys really want to hear about. And now I'm going to have a two month feud with Wardlow. You know, I mean, it's, <laughs> it's good. There's going to be a weird tension there. Yeah. But I, what'd you say? Where does the TNT title you gotta win the TNT land title. on the level of important <laughs> titles at AEW? What is it, like fifth, sixth? I mean, uh, it depends on the week. But that's okay. I mean, they, that part of it really is really cool because you can try out the big TNT title match, the main event. We're getting off. We're no, getting off. Base. Well, okay. TNT we got to get out of here. We've been, we we got to get out of here. Guys, thank you so much for doing this, Phil. As always, it's a pleasure to have you, Brian. You're an incredible producer and friend. Uh, and, you know, good uh, good job on your draft. Okay. You guys will talk about it on Wednesday. Um, thank you. Anyway, Kaz, you got to get plugs you want to get in? Uh yeah, just cash me on MSG all week. Uh doing playoff <laughs> stuff with the Knicks and Cavs. Obviously, same us with Cavs, okay, and Rosie. Brand new episode out right now. The wonderful Hawaii Mike Salmon, who's an incredible um hip-hop curator, runs an incredible cannabis um restaurant called Chef for Hire and Fly Private Social. Talked all about that. Check that out when you get a chance to. Cash me on counter with points bet USA talking all things. Throughout the NBA playoffs, it's a busy time of the year this year, clearly. And uh, man, appreciate one more time. I ran into so many listeners of the Mass Man Show this past weekend in Madison Square Garden that I thought were just like big Knicks fans. They're like, nah, man, like I, I listen to you guys talk wrestling all the time and you guys are awesome. So shout out to everybody we saw uh, uh, over there this weekend. And um, yeah, man. Uh, Kaz, if we get uh, Warriors next finals, I want to, I want you have me on the points bet show to talk shit. I'm calling my shot right now. They got, they got, they got to get past Sacramento, though. I like, I like the Kings. Uh, I like the Kings a lot. Things have to happen until we get to that point for sure. But if we do, (laughs) I'm on your, I'm on your points bet show talking shit. Uh, We're locking it in right now. I don't have the weekly column anymore, but I got some (laughs) things in the hopper, so I think I'm keep your eyes peeled on my Twitter because I got a couple of articles I think that are sort of sitting on. (laughs) people's editor's desk that should be coming out pretty soon and some cool ideas uh coming forward on their don't talk don't talk don't speak ill of cal just because he's got everybody's article <laughs> no, no, sitting no, on his ass i love cal i got nothing but, but nice things to say to cal especially because he has some of my articles out of my desk and i don't want him to like all of a sudden think <laughs> think badly of me but keep your eyes open i'm gonna i got lots of things uh popping and then and also there'll be should be an announcement about a new book coming out pretty soon uh so keep your keep your eyes yes, peeled on that sir. i got it's gonna be pretty yes, cool sir uh, love, to see it. Lo- love to hear it guys thank you all for being here everybody who's listening thank you so much uh, make sure you check out all the great shows on the Ringer Wrestling Show feed this one Cheap Eat Wednesday Worldwide apologies as always to John Moxley we'll see you back here on Thursday Humanoids peace <laughs> 